Hi, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Coach Witch Podcast. It's your girl, O here. Tom. And DJ. Welcome, welcome. We're so happy to have you guys back. We have a very exciting episode today. We got to interview someone who is very special to all of us here. Um, Mm -hmm. We're excited for you all to tune in um, and listen to um, an industry expert uh, who is going to give us some insight on how the fashion industry is doing during this time. All right, so on our show today, we have a very, very special guest with us, the model extraordinaire. (laughs) Yes. A personal friend of mine, um, (laughs) Sinabu Sise. Um, She is joining us today, and we're super excited to have her on um, to kind of talk to us about the industry and everything she's been experiencing so far. So, Zina, welcome. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. By the way, I miss you. I miss you more. (laughs) (laughs) We need to catch up. I know, I know. I know. Um, So wanted to start off by kind of talking with you on how life has been in quarantine and, um, you know, what you've been experiencing, especially um, since your industry is very much like an in-person thing. So um, how's quarantining been for you? I mean, um, in the beginning, I feel like we all thought this was going to last two weeks. So we did sit Mm -hmm. out for a bit. And then when it kind of got into month two, um, we started improvising. So um, we've had like FaceTime shoots. We've had self shoots. I've had to shoot myself at home a couple of times with like the company sending me the product. So we've we've kind of found ways around it, but it has slowed down business significantly, as you can imagine. The couple of jobs I've had since it's it's literally like two of us on set. It's the producer, the stylist, the hairstylist, the makeup person, all of them are the same person. And then there's a photographer and then there's me. Whereas, yeah. Whereas usually it would be like 50 people on set just, just for the one shot with the one model. So it has, it's just shown us, I guess, how we were wasting time and money in other ways that it can be done Mm. in, in smaller, more efficient ways. Wow. That is incredible. So I know you recently did, um, the Tracy Ellis Ross uh, patterns um, mm-hmm. shoot. Was that pre-COVID or was that during COVID? That was actually like the day before everything kind of stopped. Oh, wow. So we caught That's it crazy. right on time. And that was still the phase where we were thinking, okay, we're going to be in and out of this. So there were still like 50 plus people on set. Everyone was masked up and hand sanitized and everything. But we did not expect to have to go home and not come back for the next four months at all. That is wow. Yeah. That was so crazy. Um, Real quick, um, do you mind just giving like the audience a bit about like your background in case there's anyone? I mean, we obviously stand you and we know (laughs) who you are. Just saying. But for those who may not, just real quick about yourself, where you're located and for the brands that you've worked for. Yes. So my name is Sainabu. For those of you who missed it, I am based in New York. Um, I have an agency out here as well as uh, in London, so I'm kind of here and there. Um, Recently, some of the jobs I've really loved are Pattern, which was a huge deal because it was just so black. Everything was so black and it was just a first Mm -hmm. for me. Um, Skims also. So Sephora, and I'm mentioning specifically jobs where 
there was an effort made to to kind of diversify the room because mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm about and what I what I try to go for in the space that I'm in. So yeah, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so awesome. Um, so I, you know, with everything going on, there's COVID. Um, there's the social injustice. Um, how has that kind of been for you? And have you seen any shifts um, in the industry since all of that began? I mean, I've I've to be honest, as much as we all love fashion and as much as like this industry is how we eat, it is the single most problematic industry there is, um, mm. especially in terms of diversity. No matter how much it looks like we've taken steps ahead, there is still a huge, huge, huge diversity problem in fashion. Right. So when this all kind of broke out, more or less our industry kind of fell apart. It was, it was very temporary, but there was just a huge collapse in how people view brands and models were speaking out on their experience about racism on sets. You know, we had big brands coming out and us finding out that they're not really that great. So mm. as a result, our industry, I think this shifted our industry way more than, than COVID has. I've heard of jobs being declined all of a sudden, which was not something that happened before because we didn't get the choice to say who we work for or not. Right. So, but as a result of what's happening lately, there's been a lot more concern for personal freedom and making sure, especially to check in with models of color and addressing the small issues. It seems small, but these are what like the bigger microaggressions are based on small things like making sure that we have a person on set who knows what to do with black hair and black skin and little things like that. So recently what I've really loved about my agency is they've started. So before, before we went on set, we would have no idea who we're working with. We would show up and sometimes the makeup artist has never touched a black person or you're Mm. in the back scammering with your Afro because the guy does not know what to do with an Afro. So now our agency is kind of taking the steps to, make sure basically that before we even go on set, there is a person who is experienced with our hair, is experienced with, who has our makeup shade, which seems so small again, but when you're on set and you're two shades lighter than you really are, it really knocks your confidence, it affects your job, Mm -hmm. it affects your livelihood. So those things are being targeted, but I would still like to see a much larger shift. I think we have such long ways to go. And I'm curious for the models, have you guys like do you guys like speak up and like what has been kind of like the feedback like prior to like COVID and all of the the race relations in terms of like making sure that you have people that can um, kind of cater to what you need as a person of color? I mean like I said before these were things that were kind of don't ask don't tell and Mm. it was all around like we just didn't speak about it we all put on this face of diversity and whatever else but we all knew internally that that was bs a lot of us are in agencies where there are even no black agents and you are representing Mm -hmm. like 15 20 black girls who's supposed to advocate for those girls right it was before it was unspoken but now Mm -hmm. for example in my agency we we kind of got together like the black girls that are there and kind of sat our agents down and more or less kind of had a list of demands for changes that we need to see integrated in order for us to be in a more equitable space. Mm-hmm. And it's not just my agency. I'm seeing a lot, a lot, and I'm so proud of this because at the end of the day, we're risking our jobs and livelihoods, but mm-hmm. so many models kind of stand up against their own agencies, against brands that pay them a lot of money and they're willing to lose that on the regular. I'm still seeing it go on now. Like 
mm-hmm. models haven't rested, which I'm really, really proud of. So yeah, I think awesome. it's overdue. I think yeah. it's overdue. <laughs> and it's good that now you guys can band together. So it's not just one person speaking out and then right. you, know, mm-hmm. you lose right. your livelihood because it's definitely, you know, more power in numbers. Exactly. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of that because before everyone is in fear of obviously ticking off a client because this is such mm-hmm. a disposable industry. There's always a girl right behind you kind of willing to do the job with a lot less complaints. Mm-hmm. So now mm. that, you know, there are less girls willing to be that person, there are less girls willing to be the token girl in the room. Mm-hmm. It's going to shift for all of us. And are you seeing more demand now that it seems like a lot of, um, oh, I mean, from what I'm saying from I'm going to say there are such particular brands that are famous, famous, famous for ostracizing even black customers, let alone black talent, have suddenly mm-hmm. come around and are knocking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone does the black square and has suddenly changed philosophies. And it's, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of brands that are quote unquote in the process of rebranding. Mm-hmm. But even for customers, I want us to be aware of the fact that it's the same exact people in those boardrooms after those mm-hmm. rebrands. So, mm-hmm. That's, that's how mm-hmm. I feel as a model. And that's how I also feel as a consumer. Mm-hmm. Mm. Can so, we, oh, go ahead. Of. <laughs> for those, for those uh, brands, how do you all combat that? Do you just decline the offers or, you know, how are you all kind of dealing with brands like that, that are known, you know? Yeah. I mean, we are declining offers right now. That's what I've been seeing. But to be honest, that is not sustainable. So hopefully mm-hmm. soon enough, it will it will be an actual genuine shift and not so so just making it pretty on the outside and leaving the same rotten mm-hmm. thing on the inside. Right. Yeah. Disingenuous. So, That's like the oh, word that oh, everyone has been using mm-hmm. so much. I, I just it's almost insulting. Like the way even right. the way like clients approach you has gotten so much more patronizing. Sorry to bother you. Like you have never said that to me before. Please right. please stop. It's so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Ooh, can do you mind just like check? I feel like we need to unpack this a little bit more, <laughs> a little bit more, because what you're saying is really impactful. You're literally putting your um your way of living on the line, and I would just I think I think it's I think it's only right and fair of us to kind of give you this platform for you to share those moments where you're like in share those moments where you've experienced something and you couldn't say anything. I think we all have that from a corporate environment, but I think it'd be really interesting to hear since you're in such a creative field. How does that feel in that moment? I mean, like I said before, there was just no such thing. There's such a huge culture of blame and lack of accountability in our industry (laughs) that like everyone is to themselves. The the big proof is no one in our industry is really an employee. We're all self-employed contractors. That's, That's how it's set up. So no one wants to be responsible for anyone else. Mm-hmm. So when you usually come and you try to say, this is what I've experienced, there's a big culture of blame that's like, okay, well, suck it up. Or, okay, well, the money has to be made. Like, this is just what it is. It's usually the culture we've lived by that. Like, this is, they've sold us this, this concept that this industry is hard. And if you're already in, it's also very fickle. But if you're already in, it doesn't mean you're going to stay in. There's, mm-hmm. again, there's always someone mm. right behind you. So there wasn't space to be like, 
hey, something is wrong. Like I said, being on set and being literally gray in those pictures and <sighs> having to run in the back crying sometimes. I've seen models way bigger than me just to say like, you could literally be Naomi Campbell or anyone and struggle going in the back and crying and having to do your own hair. And it's not even because doing your own hair is difficult, but it's almost like I'm in the space where I'm not wanted. There's not space mm -hmm. being made for me. I'm just an extra. Mm -hmm. I'm an accessory. I'm not being centered. Like, mm -hmm. And this is how I eat. So it's just that big disconnect of I have to be here, but also there's not space for me here. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, yeah. What a just what an uncomfortable position to be in because mm -hmm. like I mean not to take away from our experiences you know because it's all on the same level but like even if even in the like you and I have couple have had a couple moments in the office but you were there you know what I mean but right. like <laughs> but in like in like moments where like you where you'll be on a shoot and like you said you're the only black face in the room exactly. so you have to like toughen up and like you know like step away and be professional that's a lot to take on individually and even mm. like bigger than that right so like the company that O and I work for they've been making a lot of genuine efforts in my opinion as of late mm -hmm. bringing up the conversation talking about police brutality all that jazz mm -hmm. but you're a contractor like you said right like, <laughs> like you know what I mean like there's still there's not a, a higher being now I am curious can you take those concerns to your agent before I know now they're making attempts, but before, could you right. at least mention it? Like, hey, I went to the shoot, it went fine, but there wasn't a hairstylist for me, so I did my own hair. The thing is, I'm, I'm lucky to be, and I'm not just saying this to butter them up, I'm lucky to be in an agency that was kind of, we are kind of an alternative agency. Like, it was founded out of trying to stand against everything the fashion industry is, because there is a huge culture of also fear that models have. We are in the fashion totem pole, we are the least important people in the room at any given moment. Mm. Even though it is our faces that hold up every brand in this world, we are, mm -hmm. no one really cares because there are so many of us and there are so many again willing to do it. So we're afraid to come to our, to our agents most of the time. And I know I have felt that fear, even though I'm in a very open agency and there are agencies that are much less friendly much less friendly than mine is where that just means you might be blacklisted that might mean you won't be working anymore um when i when i started this girl is so funny i was remember being in high school and looking at tumblr and remember seeing this curvy Ghanaian girl and i was like oh, oh my god this person is the most gorgeous person i've ever seen and as the universe would have it we ended up at the same agency and uh, I contacted her and the first thing she told me was that be careful what you say because it will get you blacklisted. And this was two years ago. Wow. And it, it does, it has kept people back in their careers. I've seen it. The most vocal people are the least likely to work. Wow. So it's not just an external thing. It happens in agencies too. It's not a safe space usually. And it's definitely a correlation with the corporate world. It's like if you are the one that is outspoken, then you're exactly. seen as being difficult exactly. and you're not going to be given those opportunities in order for you to advance in your career. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's directly, fashion is just as corporate as it gets. It's, yeah. It's directly that. Wow. Mm. So on a brighter note, <laughs> brand. 
that you uh, worked with recently that you felt like really are um, walking the walk, talking the talk, putting their money where their mouth is and have really, you know, made a difference in the experience. I know you said pattern. I don't know if you can speak yes. more about your experience there um, mm -hmm. or with any other brands that you feel like are really doing what they should be doing. And you really had a good um, experience on set um, post all of everything going on. Mm -hmm. um, what I've always experienced, and this also goes as a consumer, is those brands that are really walking the walk are usually the smaller independent brands. So mm -hmm. my favorite, favorite brand is a swim brand called Chromat, and they have been consistent. They're probably one of my first jobs three years ago, but I've never stopped working for them because they have consistently done what everyone thinks is trendy now. They have always had the hard conversations. They have always had different types of black bodies at their shoots when people thought they were being bizarre or they were going to fail. They have always done those things. Um, the reason why pattern was special to me was because I work with braids now because my Afro was just such a problem on set. So, and when I went there for the first time ever, the, the head hairstylist was a black woman and she had two people, especially for doing braids. And it was just all I could imagine was what if this was the norm? Because I do my own braids every time I go to work. Just wow, because I know really? it's not, I can't show up and be like, can I like, and they hire me for braids, mind you, but I have to do them at home and yeah. then come on set because it is absolutely unthinkable for somebody to be there that knows how to do braids. So I'm flabbergasted. I'm flabbergasted. I'm making those efforts. Kim Kardashian also keeps a really diverse team at Skims that I really, mm -hmm. really appreciated. Um, she had Tyler Mitchell shoot it, which is such a big deal because he was like the first black photographer to be recognized by like Vogue. And that was only like last year. <laughs> so we're still breaking barriers and there are brands out there. So look out for the smaller brands. They're usually the ones doing the work. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. wow. So any advice for any, I'm sure some of our listeners are some aspiring models, any advice for anyone wanting to enter the industry, whether it's modeling or, um, you know, in the background photography, whatever the case may be, any advice you could give um, coming in? Yes, and especially like remotely. I don't know if that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I figure yeah. there's a layer of complexity to it now that, you know, mm -hmm. there's not a lot of in-person events. I mean, I, I would, my first advice is don't let any of this kind of stray you from entering the industry, whether it's the remote thing or the injustice thing, because there are spaces where those things are being constantly worked on and you just, just make sure you find those spaces before you go in. And as far as remotely, I think right now having a digital presence is, is considered extremely important, but I would mm -hmm. also say don't come and die. <laughs> I, I don't like, I don't believe in dedicating my heart, life and soul to Instagram. I think it's, you have to be kind of more intentional with it. A lot of the messages I get are girls asking me like, what can they do to, to make their IG more popular so an agency can notice them and be more intentional than that. Actually look up who you want to work with, target them. People, those people, some of them are actually willing and more respecting of that approach than you trying to amass 100,000 followers on Instagram like literally everyone else. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to, to be, don't be intimidated because you're going to need that confidence inside the industry. So have the confidence to approach, 
have the confidence to to make space for yourself even if it seems like there isn't any because there is you just have to literally ask for it demand it not even ask but demand it because we all deserve to be there mm-hmm. awesome great advice yeah i know <laughs> that's really good advice yeah, yeah and i think that could be taken back even uh to corporate and like networking and everything exactly like get in there just start start local as well like so many people again reach out to me from god knows where and be like i want to be in new york city today which i get but start local there's a way to start local and then that person knows the agent in new york and then gets you in the door ahead of thousands of girls so go local and network awesome Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you guys for this platform, for letting me talk so much and for this. <laughs> amazing oh, thank you. We've enjoyed having you. Um, I think this, this is a great perspective for our listeners to really get to see, you know, what's happening inside of the industry um, mm-hmm. and a completely different view from what we at corporate are, you know, looking at. So we appreciate your time and um, you talking to us. Yeah, and we definitely appreciate like everything that you do. I know that um, Oh sent you the picture of my daughter and just being able to oh see the God. one that looks like her. <laughs> I mean, it just definitely speaks volumes. I know that for me growing up, like you don't really see a lot of models that look like you. So it definitely has a huge mm-hmm. impact on just overall confidence and what you're able to accomplish. So thank you for what you do and, and for the fight and for, you know, just having the morals and values that you have with regards to who you're working with and, you know, and to, to the models that you're also working with now that are actually, you know, like taking a stand and saying mm-hmm. that, no, like this isn't right. So right. thank you. Wow, that means so much. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. And there we have it. Thank you guys so much, so much for tuning in again and special thanks to Zena participating in this week's episode we appreciate you so 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 much and we feel very privileged that you gave just a little bit of your evening to us to talk through your experiences in the modeling industry during covid and please guys once again like just follow us on instagram twitter do we have a facebook yes but follow us on and facebook <laughs> see y'all gotta follow us more on facebook because i didn't even know we had one but follow us there too and send us your feedback send us your notes send us things that you want us to discuss on the episode we appreciate all of your support so very much